Hey, what's up, y'all? Tyson Compton here and Christian Morris with Insiders of Omaha. I wanted you to get the first look at our newest podcast with Vanessa Young. Uh, she is an entrepreneur with a vast array of life experience at such a young age, and it's just impressive to hear about this niche market she is taking over in just a short amount of time. And you're going to hear a lot about what she does as a niche profession, but also about how she got there and some of the challenges she's overcome. So I'm excited for you to hear her story, and hopefully you take away some of it. Uh, just look here in Omaha. She's doing great as well as working it nationally. Remember, this is a podcast that we fund solely from our real estate business. So please like and subscribe and click on the buttons below. We'd love your feedback. If you have anybody that we'd like to, you'd like us to interview, please let us know. Uh, or if you have any questions, please submit them below. And we are here for you guys. This is the Insiders of Omaha podcast. And this uh, wearing the red shirt today for Go Big Red Husker football Thursday this year. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the show. Peace. So I, keep I keep thinking of Vanessa Umberger. We're good. Yeah. Oh, that's. Um, so you said business is just picked up like crazy. You were just telling me like literally two weeks ago, like, oh, it's kind of go slow. Like this time of year, you're like, what was, what's been the, has it been caseload or just randomly or what? I think that the, the market um, in September is a little bit slow. Like looking back at our past year. Like yeah. Like looking back at our past years. September is traditionally slow. Yeah. However, from the prior years, I have had a lot of new clients. So uh, I think school was getting started in October or in September, um, in August, August, August. In August, and then now that September is coming, that's nice. They're finally starting to get back to work. Um, get back to work <laughs> so the out. one time you explained to me what you did, we were in that yes. front office, and you were talking about it. Explain it again, because yeah. I honestly don't remember that well. So my company yeah. is Precision Life Care Planning and Medical Analysis. Okay. Um, by trade, I'm an occupational therapist. Okay. And what my company does is we bridge medicine and law. So I have a team of healthcare providers mm -hmm. that work for me, with me, and we work with other um, attorneys, physicians, and life care planners, and we help explain and go through records. We analyze records and then give that to the the attorneys for um, to help explain for court so um, malpractice um, lawsuits personal injury lawsuits mass tort lawsuits um, they get these clients that have thousands of records that come in and traditionally the attorneys analyze them but the attorneys don't have any medical um, background oh, or knowledge yeah, or training so what they do is they reach out to other medical professionals that can decipher them basically they can decipher them so we read through them we create a chronology um, so basically that's just the order from oldest to newest uh -huh. and then there's a section that says notes and so if there's we explain what labs mean we explain if this person is going into renal failure when it happened when mm -hmm. it occurred mm -hmm. and then the proper steps did the doctors um, or nurses when they're reading these labs did they call in a consult mm -hmm. did they um, order their next proper labs or the next proper steps. Did they do what they were supposed to sure. do or did they continue to harm the patients? Got it. So it sounds like you are a huge leverage piece for lawyers to be able to support and defend their clients based upon whether it be malpractice, maltreatment, you know, whatever that is. And yep. then you help, hey, there's a, there's, you identify oddities or missed yes. pieces of what. You ever have to go in court and so speak? 
life care planners or um, consultant healthcare consultants do. I have not as of yet. I've been doing this okay. for seven years now. Yeah. Um, Feels like a really big case maybe. Yeah. So yeah. it depends on what you are being hired for. Um, I have an, I have a law firm down in Texas and they use me internally. Okay. So they don't use my stuff mainly for court. Um, but we go through all the medical records and then they go through them and pick them out piece by piece. But they Got said, it. they're like, yours are like cliff note versions. It saves yeah. us hours and hours yeah. of time. Huge you explain leverage. what labs are. You yeah. explain Makes what sense. different, um, yeah, treatments are. Or if there's a, if there's a standard of practice that should have been followed, you identify like they're not following the proper protocols. Mm. This patient is not, they did not get, um, we're doing a lot of um, pressure ulcer cases. They did not get the, um, the proper protocol for when someone has a pressure ulcer. So they have a sore on their bottom. They didn't get the, um, the hospital bed, yeah. the pressure cushions for their wheelchairs. They weren't turned on a proper oh, protocol. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and just seeing where that negligence came in yeah. and then they can pinpoint what hospital, what location. So you be having a background in occupational therapy yeah. is one thing. So then have you noticed your medical knowledge even grow more now because you're just analyzing so much yes. medical notes? Yes. Exponentially. Yeah. Um, and I get to look at different fields of practice, fields yeah. of medicine. Yeah. So as an occupational therapist, no, I might not be able to you know, give recommendations for certain things, but I can see what all of the other professions right. have done in the last seven years with the same yeah. type of cases because we get very similar types of cases. Right. Um, so and there's still similar standards of care. Yeah. Like, like there's processes yeah. to everything. Oh, wow. That's cool. And so with my team of healthcare providers, so I'm an occupational therapist. I have other occupational therapists, but we have physical therapists. I have an audiologist, pharmacist, speech language pathologist. Um, and then I have um, kind of a collaboration with a physician life care planner who got me started mm -hmm. seven years ago in this business. And if I have any questions, mm -hmm. I can reach out to him as yeah, well. Sure. Or being yeah. in the medical field, you have a lot of friends that are in the medical yeah. field. Yeah. So you can reach out to other people and collaborate with them. Mm -hmm. um, recently, we started doing um, expert statements. So mm -hmm. if the mm -hmm. that law firm needs a nurse to um, list the standards of practice of care and why or not, why not those standards were met, mm -hmm. they can actually give that statement um, mm -hmm. with their credentials. They're yeah. all practicing. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I have hired is currently practicing within their fields. Mm -hmm. And then we can give those and then those would be open to depositions Got and testi testifying. It. So I'm curious, uh, I, it sounds, I'm making an assumption here. You started doing this as a one man band. Yes. Right. And now you have, some, I think you mentioned like seven professionals that you're working with. And then you have a team of admin staff behind that. Yeah. So I actually, right. Currently I have um, eight W2 employees, part-time employees, uh -huh. um, though five of them are um, medical professionals. Uh -huh. And then I have 10 other medical professionals that are independent contractors. Right. For you. Oh, yeah. cool. So they just, just when you need them, you reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I'm really busy, I say, Hey, you know, I have all these cases, they have yeah. all been trained. They've been working for me for years. Um, and they will help out whenever I need them. And then they also can help give testimony or give yeah. expertise in particular field. So you go to school for, uh, you go to high school, or college or college four years and you go to occupational school. So that you have this mindset yeah. of going to this professional field yeah. and you're like, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, well, now I'm a legal analyst. Yeah. So I came upon this um, through 
this, the physician that I worked with, I was working in an inha- inpatient rehab center uh-huh. as an occupational therapist. Sure. I consulted with this physician, the director of rehab, many times in mm-hmm. this setting, and we kind of yeah. um, built a great rapport with each other. Yeah. And he is a certified physician life care planner. And he said, I have all these records. I need help um, going through them and analyzing them. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do this for me? Do you want to make, he said, do you want to make some extra money? Yeah. So I agreed. I didn't know at the time that he had asked a few other of the healthcare professionals within that rehab facility. And they said no. And so some of them said yes. Some worked for him for a few years. Yeah. Others worked for like a week or yeah, two. Yeah, sure. And I am the one that stuck around yeah. seven years later <laughs> and I built a career yeah, myself out of it. For sure. He was a very big advocate for me if I got busy and I said, I'm having a hard time keeping up with the work. You're, yeah. you're really busy. And he said, train other people to do what you do. You do a good job of it. Tell them how to do it. And so that's when, you know, the idea got started yeah. to, to branch out and yeah. he said, we'll make an LLC. So I made an yeah. LLC. So he's been a big mentor of mine throughout the last seven years and wow. go back and forth and help each other out. One thing that is really cool is you're seeing this grow outside the borders of, of, of Nebraska as well. Like you said, I mentioned Texas. What other states are you operating in? Um, so the physician life care planner lives in California. Okay. But- Texas. Texas. I have clients um, in Texas, California, Wyoming. Um, I recently, Massachusetts. Now uh-huh. I have a life care planner that's using me. Um, and then I've had, I have, I've had other life care planners for me to do their chronology. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of explain the difference between yeah. the loss, the law firms and the life care planners. But yeah. up in Canada, I had some people oh, wow. from Canada reach yeah. out. Interesting. Um, I mean, you are hitting, in I mean, Georgia, that's everywhere. a huge spread. It is. Sounds and like I, there's probably not a lot of like people that do it though. No, there's there's yeah. becoming more and yeah. more. Um, I but now with this, seven years of experience and the vast yes. array of, of yeah, disciplines you're kind of covering. I am, and I have a big support team that goes along with mm-hmm. my company. A lot of um, individuals that help law firms yeah. and that are certified life care planners. They like to do it themselves. They want to run their own business and they only want to work with themselves. Oh, they're self, they want to be self-employed. Yeah, they want to be self-employed. self-employed. Yep. They don't want to run a business yeah. because as I've grown, I've noticed, you know, instead of working with the business, I'm working on the business. I'm mm-hmm. especially with these W2 employees that yeah. I have now, there's a huge responsibility for me to get the cases before I would just work. And if I was busy, I would work extra yeah. hours. Yeah. And now when I have other people to that on rely you. on yeah. me, yeah. it's, um, more nerve-wracking more pressure. to get the yeah. Yeah. however it's your earning potential goes up exponentially because yes. your leverage pieces there. your leverage I mean like now you're working not just doubling your own uh, yes. ability you're actually quadrupling it you know it whatever is. 10xing it I got a question kind of ran- random but through doing all this and going through all these records and stuff do you like get nervous going to hospitals like that they're gonna like if you ever needed something would you be nervous be like oh, I see all these people not doing things correctly or no, no. or do you see more of them doing it good um, I see more people doing the correct okay. things. Okay. And I always try to say I'm not trying to harp on other healthcare providers yeah. because there is a human element right, yeah. right. of mistake yeah. in medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am extra cautious when I go in yeah. and I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. So with my family members, I always tell them, like, ask questions. Mm-hmm. They're doing something and you think that it's not exactly right. Yeah. Ask them why you're doing Just it. Just common sense stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Huh. So, what do you think? What do you think has been the biggest learning curve? You went from being a specialty healthcare provider 
to business owner um, spanning the, the United States. What has been what has been the biggest challenge you know that you've had to kind of overcome? Learning the business aspect of it. Um, and I'm sorry when you sorry go ahead. Yeah, I don't yeah. interrupt. Well, but... Before when I was just by myself, I grew based on referrals. Yeah, I did not advertise. Mm -hmm. I did not spend. Mm -hmm. I actually was limiting the amount of. Uh, Publicity I was getting because I couldn't handle as much work. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I do have a great team behind me, I am starting to advertise a little more. And learning how to advertise Uh is Mm -hmm. a whole different um, entity in itself. Everything seems so simple until you get into it and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is very complex. Yeah. And I'm a very um, analytical person and I do a lot of research and a lot of reports and I speak – more to information than I speak to selling. Yeah. So yeah. I have a networking group. That's how I came upon mm-hmm. um, this um, KW Elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They told me, they're like, you, you have to sell your business instead of just telling people what your business is. Totally. And so that's been a different learning. It's a different language, right? Yeah. yeah. When I give a PowerPoint presentation, I give them, these are the facts yeah. of the case. This is what I do. This yeah. is how I remedy them. And it's yeah. very um, mm-hmm. methodological. Metho- yeah. And you've had problems selling with that? What? You had problems selling being that no, way? No, I've just had other people give me recommendations like feedback. do a case study. I, yeah, I've had good feedback from yeah. my networking group. Do a case yeah. study and show them what you do yeah. or you need to present why they need to hire you sure. instead of just what you do. So yeah. Um, so, but like if you do it the way you naturally do it, which is just telling them the facts. Features of benefit or whatever. Yeah, just, have you had people turn you down when you present that way? No. And so – so it sounds like it's working then. Yeah, it is working. Yeah. Um, and I haven't done a lot of outreach, so I'm just starting okay. the Omaha Got networking yeah. um, outreach to the different law firms. Yeah, what's up, lawyers? Check this out, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah plug, plug, yeah. precision um, legal here. I'm going to the law conference, um, the National Trier, National Trier, Trial Lawyers Association conference in September, or my company is. Yeah. I will be in Canada, actually, but... Um, and we're going to have our first booth. Nice. So cool. That was, yeah. Cool. One thing that I decided to do a few months ago that's really been helpful for me is I took one of my clients, my biggest client, there down in Dallas, and I actually went to visit them for two days. Yeah. They, they mentioned briefly that I should come up and just check them out one time. And there was no really follow-up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go down and see them. I talked to a few other um, life care planners and people in my business you're spending the money to go down there. What if they just don't even have you come in the door? And I'm like, well, then I have a two-day vacation down yeah. in Dallas. Oh. So, so you didn't even tell me you were coming? Oh, I, I, mean, I told them. Oh, okay. But okay. it's, it's yeah. kind of non, right, non-customary right. in the industry. Yes. Right. I told sense. them I was coming, and they're like, okay, well, we'll see you. And there was never really great follow-up on their point, but I just kept telling them I'm going to come down. I actually said that I was just going to be in the Dallas area like for yeah. a vacation yeah, trip, and I was going to pop in and see them. They yeah. didn't know I was coming strictly for them. Yeah. Yeah. And after two days, I showed up at 8 o'clock, and they led me into a conference room, and then lawyers started filtering in, and I talked about what I did, how I can expand on my services, Sweet. how they could utilize me it was one of the best trips that i could have yeah planned well especially since you did it organically you probably came back you probably learned just as much as they did you're like okay now i'm learning more about the legal space i'm learning about how they operate 
uh, personalities I'm actually already working with. Yes. You probably got more ideas yeah. how you could expand your services they, later. When I asked them how I could improve on my product, they're like, oh, you're precision. We use your chronologies all the time. They're like, we never actually knew who did these. We just knew it was a company. Wow. And so they're like, we have your we have your files laying on our desks all the time. Every case we use, we flip through them and we circle things and then we go back and check. And oh my that's God. cool. So wow. it was such a really now you're a person, thing. not a company name. Well, yeah. and you and you're creating a proprietary product. I mean, you've you've yeah. you've created from you're, you've created from nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I created it from absolutely nothing. I, and I had a different name at first. A lot of life care planners use um, their last name, so I'd be Young mm -hmm. Consulting. And when I started trying to grow my business a little bit. I was like, nobody knows what this is. It's hard to explain. Great. So I came up with a precision, precision yeah. life care planning and yeah. medical analysis to yeah. tell people what I do in the name. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Good. I was actually just talking about this with my dad because there's this restaurant that's just called, I forgot what it's called, like Seven Up or Eat Up. Something like, oh, it's Eat okay. Up. Eat Up. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, what are they? And that's it. It doesn't say anything else on the sign. It just says eat up. So like a burger king, you know what's going to happen. Right. Burger. And then, but like even other things, they have like a little bit of like what food they have. It had nothing. And you like on the outside of the building, nothing. And I was like, you never see anybody there. And I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't say what it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's smart to be like mm -hmm. precision life care planning and medical analysis. Yeah. yeah. And I can always shorten it Simple. to just precision if I want to do marketing yeah. ads. But um, so there's two avenues in which I work. One is through law firms mm -hmm. and we do medical chronologies. We do case merit assessment. So they'll give me a case and say, hey, is there a case here? We're trying to weed out um, oh, got what yeah. actually is a case and what's not. Yeah. We have They have family members every day coming to them yeah. saying, I have a lawsuit. Right. Is there really a lawsuit or mm -hmm. was it just you know, an unfortunate set of events that happened? Totally. And a lot of those are. Yeah. And so I will help them um, – Go through the cases and see what figure out which one they want to do or not. Yeah, yeah. see if they want to go to tr tr trial. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to the partner um, down at this Texas law firm, and he said when they go to trial, it can be five hundred thousand to a million dollars just to go to trial. So he was like, "We have a lot of expenses, and if we lose that, we just eat that cost." Yeah. So taking these because they probably do them based off of like, "Hey, we're not going to charge anything." No retainer. Yeah, yeah, just a yeah. Win. They yeah. do no retainer because the people that are doing it aren't like wealthy. I would no, no. Yeah, no, they're trying they, to get wealthy. Or, or some. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So, so that is okay. So there's the, that the, aspect the lawyer of aspect, it. The lawyer, that's the, the lawyer that's aspect. One ladder. The life care planning aspect of it is where my occupational therapy expertise come in, because I am giving given these cases by the law firms, and they're like, help me establish a monetary sum for future medical costs. So then I we analyze the records. We go through them and we look at all the bills that they've had currently, mm -hmm. and then we reach out to all of their current providers. Say, what are the, you know, what are the recommendations yeah. from now until, um, now until death, and we can take, you know, if the if they recommend they have to see a neurosurgeon once a year until they die, that's you know can be between four hundred to seven hundred dollars a year based mm, just on for that, that one appointment, code. not not including any follow ups or anything else. Yeah, and so that's. You know, we can quantitate the uh, actual sum. So some juries will say people just want to win the lottery. 
but they don't understand that a simple really expensive yeah yeah, a simple car accident medical fees if they have to follow up if they have a back um, injury it could be millions of dollars just in medical fees so if they're asking for one million or two million dollars they're not asking for to win the lottery they're just asking for their medical needs to be met yeah so Hmm. there is a huge um, makes ed, sense. Yeah, it's a checks and balance system us. that you're providing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, I'm sure there is some. There's definitely it. some people that would yeah. be going after just trying to get a payday. But but, it, but that's also are. yeah. There yeah. are, but it also helps quantify why. Mm-hmm. Um, why that number? Why are they why, asking for this? Why are they asking yeah. for that yeah. number? And then if the jury, if it goes to a jury trial, mm-hmm. if the jury trial sees it, they can say, "Oh, now I understand mm-hmm. why they're asking for that mm-hmm. much money." And then there's pain and suffering yeah. and all sorts right. of things included that I'm not involved in. Right. Um, yeah, at least just your that part that makes portion. sense. Yeah. yeah, at least that portion of. So for the life care planning, so I, I also do medical chronologies for other life care planners that are busy that they only want to work for themselves. They don't want to hire any W two employees. They don't want to train anyone. I'm trained. I will do their medical summaries for them. Medical chronologies, medical summaries. I'll organize their records, and then they can build their life care plan off of that. Um, hmm. Why that's important? A law firm can give you two or three life care plans all at once and say, I need them, you know, in a month for one person. It's almost impossible to do that amount of work um, in that time, but you don't want to turn them down because as soon as you turn them down, they don't give you more business. Someone else, someone else yeah. Someone else will sneak in. So are you the only person who does the plants or do you have other people that work with you do them as well? Right. Yeah. They're okay. all trained. Okay. So yep. And they all, all have, you. yep. They all have their master's doctorate degrees. Um, they're all professionally trained. And then I've been training them how to do the, um, medical chronologies and then the life care planning. Um, you do not have to be certified to be a life care planner. However, um, it is recommended for yeah. court. I'm in the middle of my certification cool. right now. Um, they only offer the school that I'm going to and um, another one of my healthcare professionals um, that works for me. We're both in the same program and they only offer it two times a year. So the mm. next one's in mm. January. So we'll That's be doing cool, our very last module and then sitting for that. What's the barrier of entry to get your life care? I'm going to head out. Okay. Yeah, you gotta set the meeting. Okay. Thanks. Pleasure Sorry, I gotta scoot. With but you. Yeah. that's all right. Uh, still, yeah. I right, see, buddy. Um, what's the what's the barrier of entry to get your? Is it just hey, I want to do this? You sign up, pay the. You have to do some prerequisites for that? For the certification, mm-hmm. you have to have 120 hours of um, study in the field of life care wow. planning. Okay. So I have to, I have to take the courses. Yeah. Um, it's a six module. Yeah. Course. It yeah. used to be in person, but now that you can do it online. Okay. And then you have to have a a sample case mm-hmm. life care plan that is presented to a board and then it gets critiqued Yeah, and then you have to sit for a certification. Oh, cool. So, wow. um, yeah, what has been the, I mean, so how has it been hiring people? I mean, this is not something that you were yeah. bargaining for, right? And now you're like, well, I need to grow. So this is actually a niche where I am fairly good at, um, hiring hiring professionals. Okay. Um, I've talked to other life care planners and they have a very hard time yeah. doing it. But what I do is market it maybe a little differently than they do. I have a lot of other healthcare professionals that are now their moms and they want to work less hours. So I don't have a strict schedule. They can work anytime they want. They okay. can work in the morning, at night. We just have deadlines. Night. We have deadlines. I just have deadlines. Okay. So we work on deadlines. Yeah. And I also have. And this is all remote. Yep, and it's okay. all remote. Yeah, nice. Um, so I have workers that work for me from Omaha to Kansas to um, Georgia wow. to Texas. Nice. So I have workers um, all across the country. Uh-huh. Most of them are are 
classmates that I knew from oh, occupational cool. therapy yeah. and then word of mouth spread yeah. in the healthcare field. Yeah. And so they have friends of their friends that have heard about it, mm-hmm. that they still want to work. They want to work some out in the healthcare field, but they yeah. don't want to work a traditional full-time job. Sure. As you have little kids, you don't want to work 40 to 50 hours yeah. a week um, yeah. and drive and commute and travel. So if they can work two days a week at their job and then they can work two days a week for me, they are able to have more of a, a work-life balance yeah, for themselves. Awesome. Um, How has it been maintaining communication uh, 100% digital like that? Yeah, that is the harder part. We have a lot of different ways that we communicate. I okay. don't want to go into all of yeah, them, yeah, but, but we we send out messages and texts and uh, phone calls. Right. I try to meet with people often. I also do with my employees – if they don't work for a certain amount of time, they have to have a meeting or they have to come and refresh on yeah. what we've been yeah. doing because Updating. they're changing. Yeah. yeah, we've gone from the all independent contractors to the W-2 employees that have to log on every week and make sure they know what the changes are to the company, what the client's changes are. Mm-hmm. We constantly are getting feedback from what they want versus what we provide yeah. because everything is such a personalized um system. Yeah. So we are able to to do that. So I keep you my employees tabs, weekly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We keep tabs on if someone hasn't worked for two months, they are behind the game on what we're doing. It's evolved that quickly. Yeah, it evolves that quickly. Especially so, within the last year. Yeah. So what um I mean, do you have you I started and it sounds like to me because you have so many direct reports. It's one to yeah. you know you're looking at 10 to 12 at a time potentially mm-hmm. yeah. are you starting to notice where you might need like a personal assistant handling some of those stuff like some of the admin side yeah i do i yeah. have an administrative assistant okay. i hired her this summer cool and it was the best decision i ever made why is that it was first it was the hardest decision because they're non they i don't get money from what the work that they do not directly but not directly right. nope not directly yeah. Yeah. um but it was the best decision i ever made um she is able to handle my schedule uh-huh. and she, she handles my calendar. She handles the employees when they need time off. She handles their calendar. Cool. She lets me know mm-hmm. she is a liaison between me and them mm-hmm. and um, any emails that are sent through. She kind of filters things out so that I can focus on the work that I need to focus yeah. on. Um, what is that? That's my next kind of, you're kind of leading that next question is, what you mentioned kind of what she's doing day to day and operationally mm-hmm. filtering and don't you know, kind of being a gatekeeper, but like mm-hmm. mentally, what is that? What has she brought to the table for you to oh. be able to, you know, this particular person. So her mom was a CEO of a hospital okay. in a small town. So yeah. she and her husband is in PT school. Uh-huh. So she has a good medical knowledge yep. and background, mm-hmm. but she's, positive and um she's a sounding board for me i run ideas off of her all the time and say hey what do you think about this yeah so it's really lightened my mental load um she's been you know just an advocate for me she she how'd you find her friend of a friend so so one of our employees actually Uh she she was actually a babysitter of her okay um or she was her babysitter a long long time yeah. ago so yeah. now now she's in her 20s yeah. but um she said you know i have this girl kara that her husband's in pt school they're yeah. traveling around a lot so yeah. she's not in her normal area and she's just picking up sub substitution jobs at the school and at the daycare um i think she'd be a really good fit for the company she has a positive attitude she's a go-getter mm-hmm. her 
mom was in the healthcare field, her husband was in the healthcare field, um, and it has been the best, awesome. best work. And I I try to find um, ways to utilize her more right. so that she can work more. So she's, I think it's really important. I think, and I have had multiple assistants, and a, a good one, depending on what their unique skill, some of them are really good about managing the, you know, the, 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 business owner's personality, some of them are super organized and cleaning up their schedule, you know, yep. organization, some of them kind of a hybrid, but, um, I've got, I feel like most people, that's a, that's probably one of the hardest hires. I, you know, you went deep on provider and analyst yeah. when yeah. you could have, pro- you could have went, went deep, you could have went individual admins at first and then went out, Yeah. but you realize like you almost overdosed on the, on the employee side and you. There was no other choice to begin an admin. There system. was no other. I ha- I had to have someone help. Yeah. Organize some of the systems in place that I yeah. wanted to do for our organization. Get it all. Yeah. As we grew, I didn't have time to work on yeah. the the employee charts yes, and the employee yes. handbooks. Right. And so she's able to create all those. She does. She's so um, proficient. I don't have to tell her what to do. That's she great. knows what to do. She makes really cool. to do lists, and yeah. she has a monthly to do list, yeah. a weekly to do list. Every week we do a virtual. Facebook yeah. or FaceTime yeah. um, meeting. Yeah. So we discuss what we want to do for the week, cool. how we want to um, structure our week, mm-hmm. anything that she has going on, I have going on, yeah. um, or any problems that she sense because she she will also hear mm-hmm. emails, see things from other employees as she's contacting them and feel if there's any animosity or if someone needs more one-on-one time with yeah. me, if someone doesn't, then she's, she comes back and says, Hey, you know, yeah. this person, I've noticed them say a few comments that they haven't talked to you in a while. Mm. I think we need to schedule a one-on-one meeting, a training that they, they want some more one-on-one time yeah. with you. And then I can do that. Mm-hmm. I have other employees that don't really want right. one-on-one time with me. They're, right. per- they prefer to be a little bit more hands-off mm-hmm. and do email communication, mm-hmm. but others want FaceTime. Where, where are you seeing or, are you seeing other areas in your business where you can start, um, uh, they call it, it's not white labeling, basically uh, green packaging um, content of training. And stuff. Cause like this, you're talking about being in that, the training one-on-one, that's, that's time intensive. That's time intensive. It takes a lot of time. Yes, I do see a future in that. And I have a, have some other healthcare professionals that work with me. Yeah. And I can see them, that being their final goal is to owning their own business. Maybe not, maybe franchising, maybe not franchising, but packaging up how I do it and then showing them, teaching them how to do it and then have them go ahead and start their own business, their own contacts, their own so um, job. Just your like business it. knowledge is growing exponentially in the last mm-hmm. year and a half, two years. Yeah. Started with BNI groups. That's kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously a little bit unique. You're not the, you're not the insurance salesman. You're not the, mm-hmm. you're not the, you know, mortgage lender. Oh. You know, you're not the contractor for, for building, you know, construction. Um, so you have a unique set of the skills, a lot of soft skills, a lot of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, interaction, a lot of analytical. What, um, what do you, what do you want it to look like? I mean, I'm not saying it comes to fruition, but ideally right now from, you don't know what you don't know, but yeah. looking in three, five years, and you're start, you've seen the scale and scope of what this has gotten to? Yeah. What does it look like? Oh, I don't know. That's a – I have some ideas. I uh-huh. don't necessarily want to say all of them okay. because any, any business can 
take the model that sure. you go. But let me rephrase it. Okay. Though. Let me rephrase <laughs> it. What about your industry is getting you excited right now? What stuff? What is? What is? You know, putting uh, fire underneath it. You're starting to see within the, in this space. Um, because I'm not. Uh, I've been in this space for seven years, yep. but I'm learning so much more. Just delving deeper uh, into what services that healthcare providers can offer for mm -hmm. law law firms mm -hmm. is the most exciting thing for me. I think a lot of law firms don't even know what these healthcare providers can offer to law firms and how easy they can make their life. We liaison between other healthcare providers. We can do expert testimony. We can do so many things, even organizing the records. We're um, we are bookmarking records, so it's easy for them to find. We're bait stamping records. We're just kind of an all-inclusive um, service that makes life easier for them. So now you're touching upon a couple of – now you're talking about data, yeah. data okay. compilation. Like you're, you're compiling yeah. data, research. Oh, research is a huge – that's like huge one of the of hugest – Things. I always tell people if they want to work for me, they like to write research papers. Right. So that's what we do. We write and we research and we use sound data over and over and over all day long. And then you're also creating uh, proven logs. Like these are log mm -hmm. they're, they're reference logs. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. My mind is just like going. Huge there. reference yeah. logs. Um, we are on the back end taking, you know, all the cases that we do and we have our own sets of PowerPoints, templates that yeah. we pull from them. So we don't have to go back and look at old cases and see, oh, how did we do this particular case for this mm -hmm. trial? We have it all pulled over. So we have everything in one shot so mm -hmm. that in the future to train people, just say, well, look at our, yeah, look at our cost projections log. Mm -hmm. It will give cost projections for at most CPT codes that would you would use in this facility or most um, hospitals and how they charge, how they bill, what it looks like. Here are the different formulas that we use. So seven years, that would put us back uh, 2015, 16. Yeah. How much are you following um, federal levels changes in the healthcare coding system then? Like how much are you having to follow like with the we, like insurance stuff? Yeah. I we I'm not following insurance okay. things at all. Okay. So the costing that we use is um their customary costs and their before insurance gets okay. attached okay. to it. So it's pre yeah. so you're not pre diving into what Blue Cross Blue Shield nope. is, you know, Aon, any of that. So they're not nope. doing it. Okay. Some life care planners will take that personal uh -huh piece and add that as an extra thing um but it's it's so impossible because you don't know what healthcare coverage that person's going to have from year to year first it changes year to year then they age out then they're in medicare or they're in medicaid or you you can't look at the insurance cost because every insurance cost and policy is mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. so we have to do it before insurance gets their hands on yeah. it um, yeah so it's more it's it's the gross not the net yeah. okay yeah so, so not that I need numbers change. or anything. No, How did you start quantifying and validating what the cost of the value that you're bringing? It, it's been researched by other okay. life care planners, physicians. So you're trying to see an industry averaging, an industry average of what yes. your, your services yes. cost. So there are, or like my services are like what I'm projecting. What your services cost. Oh. Like when you're like, hey, because you're, you're building a business, you're like, service. well, I got to get paid to do this. Yes. How hard was so, that establishing, hey, this is my fee for service? It's still it's still Evolving. hard. I'm yeah. a little low compared to some. Okay. Um, my 
I'm low to some because I'm still growing. However, I also think that some, so there's nurse um, consultants, there's mm. healthcare consultants. Sometimes I think that those fees are overinflated for the products mm. that they're doing. Interesting. I might get some flack. That. No, I mean, but I don't know how many healthcare uh, analysts are probably listening to this podcast, no. but uh, <laughs> I mean, you can get numbers yeah. that are hundreds of dollars of difference. Yeah. You can get the, you know, as you can get in the fifty dollars yeah. an hour. You yeah. can get into the hundreds. If I've seen four hundred and fifty dollars an hour for yeah. reviewing medical okay. records. So you are billing hourly. I'm for certain services. Okay. Cool. Most services we're billing hourly. However, for life care plans, we're doing a set fee and there's package. a certain package yep. deal. Yeah. There's a certain number of hours that are built into those packages and then anything that goes beyond then we bill hourly for those. And that's up front. And how yeah. you know, communicating that with a client, being clear and uh transparent, how important mm -hmm. is that conversation when you are trying to build those relationships? It is it so I have cost sheets, I have price sheets. Uh -huh. We don't go directly to the the person that is hurt or injured. Uh -huh. So we're billing life care planners or we're, we're billing the lawyers. Yeah. So those conversations are a lot easier because they see what we charge. And they know. Yeah. And they know they're expected to be a little bit higher. They know higher. it's going to be a cost, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a specialty. It is a specialty for sure. Yeah. Cost. Um, you know, and when, a five to ten thousand dollar life care plan can get someone millions of dollars extra. You're seeing that the pay the the, the ROI. The ROI, huge. yeah, thank you. Is, yeah. is is definitely large. What um when you started this and you made the, the jump full time, what was that yeah. like going from hey, consistent work, I'm an I'm an occupational therapist. Yes. And so now I'm contracted. I was I was lucky because when I first started occupational therapy, I did it for a full year. Uh -huh. And then the physician that I worked for said, hey, do you want to work for me on the side? So I did that for five years. Wow. I was still practicing for five years going with this this particular physician. Uh -huh. And then I got a few law firms. And then, you know, then I would have one or two more people. And it was five years. And it was actually after my son was born. He's 18 months old now. Uh -huh. So I've been doing this for over a year full time now. Okay. But... I went back to work after maternity leave and I was leaving money on the table going to work as an occupational therapist. Perfect. I was like, I have to jump in with both feet. And my husband's like, we're losing money when you're going to work. You so he recognized the opportunity yeah, too. What, did. An, what, a, what, a, what, and, what a great feeling. That. Yeah. And he thought, you know, you should have done this a long time ago, but I was scared to leave yeah. that steady paycheck over and over. Since I have jumped in, the business has grown exponentially because it has my full attention. What do you think? How many, I mean, what kind of difference has that made in terms of, uh, I would just say in terms of lifestyle or the work-life balance that made since you made that change? It's undeniable how much our lives have improved. Yeah. We have, we have a three year old and a one and a half yeah. year old. So our yeah. lives are busy. Because yeah. Yeah. My husband goes to work at six 30 in the morning or he leaves at about six. I get the kids up and ready. I take yeah. them. We have two big dogs. They go to the park. Yep. So we take them to the park real fast. I come home. Right. I work. And then my husband picks the kids up at about 3.30, 4 o'clock. So uh -huh. they're not in daycare all day long. Yeah. There's nothing wrong if they are, but yeah. they have a shortened day. Yeah. That's how we like how to operate. do it as yep. a family. Yep. Um, I can put food in a crock pot. I can cook yeah. dinner. If I want to work out in the middle of the day, yep. if we're slow, I have the freedom to yeah. do it. I'm not just sitting um, at yeah. the clock at the at the nursing home or at the hospital totally. where I worked and waiting for clients or waiting yeah. for patients. So 
and I can make the decisions myself. That's the greatest thing. And sometimes as a business owner, I mean, I put myself last. So right. my pay is last. Yeah. My hours, if we're, if a case takes a long time and I'm thinking, oh, you know, we've had some new training mm -hmm. people, I cut my hours and I just give them the people hours. So if we bill hourly, I just don't bill my time because mm -hmm. I don't want to disservice mm -hmm. the, the, not the lawyer client, but the person that we're helping yeah, their client. Yeah. If I feel like we should have maybe been a little faster, uh -huh. then I can have the freedom to do so. That's interesting. So you, you yeah. I mean, you're still, it's a still heavy upon you about the um, emotional work you're doing for these people. So yeah. somebody, I mean, that's a, that's weighing, I mean, that's yeah, infiltrating in your, in your mind. Yeah. I always think like, oh, well, you're working for the, the lawyers or the other life care planners. But when you read these records day uh, in and day out, you're reading the history of the yeah. person and you're seeing the the hardships that they faced, whether mm -hmm. it's um, neglect, whether yeah. it's um, just, an, it, just a fluke accident uh, that maybe happened at work and they're trying to get workman's comp to cover yeah. it. It just depends on what the situation is, but you feel for them. And then I don't, overinflate my prices because the, the client in the end pays for the it is passed plan. on it's yeah, passed totally. on yeah all mm -hmm. the work that gets completed by me yeah. gets passed on to the client mm -hmm. and while the lawyers may or may not bat an eye i do because yeah. i know that it gets passed on to the mm -hmm. client so it comes out of if they get awarded money that gets taken out for whatever i charge um so i really like to keep that in mind and not you know put all my costs on to the the people that are, that's the why we have the job that we have is because these people are putting themselves out there. Right. My mom was actually involved in a case. She was a client. Mm -hmm. And so I just think of my mom every time yeah. I do these plans for people yeah. to not overcharge because inevitably she was the one that had a lot of pain from a surgery that didn't go the way it should have. Mm -hmm. But that money that's awarded is getting taken out and it goes to me. So I don't want to overinflate that. Huh. Do you have any idea what the demographic is like of how the medical health care planners or the life planners of, of, the, of the country? Do you have any idea? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I should. Um, I, don't, I don't know where you get it. I'm just curious. Like I've got to think you're probably younger and the, and the yeah, compared the, to most. Um, actually, there was a, um, a summit, a 2022 summit for okay. life care planners uh -huh. that I was reading some of the demographics. Yeah. And, the experience for 10 year to 20 year life care planners were significantly higher than right. the younger yeah. um, demographics and how long they've been doing it. Right. But I don't know the quantifiable yeah, numbers anymore. Cause you're um, kind of re-entering at ground level cause those will be aging out. Yes. And I, there, there's a lot of female life care planners that Is I've encountered. There? there are, but recently the last four or the last few weeks, I've had four male life care planners reach out to me and ask about my services. Oh wow. So Interesting. up until just this, um, last year, I haven't heard of any male life care planners other than the, the physician life care planners, which is a little bit more common. Like, huh. the male that got and me life care planner is define what a life care planner is. When I think of it, I almost say it was a financial advisor, but it's not, it's, it's, it's standard of care planning. Yes. It when future cost projections. That's right. Okay. So, um, a life care planner is a healthcare professional that was a healthcare professional in their prior yeah. studies who have an extra certification right. um, and they work with other people who are injured or okay. ill and they provide a dynamic plan for future care. And the cost and the of cost, that future care. So yeah, they can the plan cost. accordingly so they're yeah. not yeah. wasting so kind of their money. Okay. People, 
people know what case managers are. Yes. Um, yeah. And case managers can be life care planners. Okay. They, some are, some aren't. Wow. Uh, vocational rehab mm -hmm. counselors can be life care planners. Yeah. A life care planner can be a physician, um, an OT, a PT, yeah. um, a rehab counselor. Yeah. A vocational rehab counselor, um, a nurse. There's um, any. So, for example, field. I'm thinking to myself. I had a friend in high school whose dad uh, got a huge work comp settlement mm -hmm. for working for a, a logistics company, mm -hmm. and he's probably a prime prime candidate who he's probably fine let's work on this comp case. And now he's like, well, what's my net, rest of my life look like? Are my cost of care going to be? Yes. I'm 45 years old. I'm going to have. A, Yes. A payment back from them for the next forty-five years, mm -hmm. or until my end of life. What's okay. that cost going to be? Yes. What's the sure. rates of inflation? Cost. Mm -hmm. you know, these are all going into things. Yeah. The the rates of inflation goes to an economist. Okay. Um, so that so usually the law firms okay. have yeah. an economist that they use. Okay. Um, so I plug in the real numbers as they are of today. Real data today. Yep. And then the economist will cool. project that. Um, life care planners um, can also be used within the field of trust. So if someone has an illness or injury, yes. the bank's taking care of their yeah. um, money. The bank's going to want to know how much does it cost for each particular year. And certain years are higher based on surgeries or yeah. projected care or, yeah. you know, it's estimated longevity that they're going to have risk. to have, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's estimated, you know, that they're going to have this, these two surgeries. We yeah. can't really predict when the surgeries are going to happen, but you kind of just can spread them out yeah. and then the trust can plan wow. um, how much medical care costs they're going to need. I think one thing that's really fascinating as I, I've always been a curious person, but as we've kind of gotten older and, um, you just realize, you don't realize how many different ways there is to make a living. Oh, right. I mean, like this is something I would never want to do. Like I could never, like <laughs> you wouldn't want me, me as your life care planner. <laughs> I, I am not the detail guy. I that's am not crazy. your guy writing research papers. I will speak about your research paper, but I am not going to be the guy who needs to rewriting that thing. I get a little nervous. But, speaking yeah but, but i mean like yeah. i think it's one to take the risk going away from stability and security of a standard job that's very accepted and known and oh yeah i, Every, I say easy in the sense of a uh, of most people seeing, know what a right? life or what a ot or pt yeah is. right and we, but, and we do we make great salaries yeah, we have yeah. a good profession it's right. pretty um i wouldn't say low stress but compared to other jobs yes. it's there's definitely it's, higher stress jobs in the healthcare industry, yeah. right? And then exactly. you run across this this opportunity that you might not even realize was as big of an opportunity as it is. No, I didn't. And I I talked to other healthcare professionals, yeah. and they've never even heard of what yeah. I do. They didn't even know what right. was the thing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why we love having you on here. I'm curious, you just have over the last seven years, last year and a half, full time in this industry. Mm. Who is Vanessa today that she was not? Five years ago, what what a, what a, what kind of growth have you seen yourself that has really impressed you that you're you're proud of? Um, I am very proud of what I do. Yeah. I always liked being an occupational therapist, mm -hmm. but working with other people had you know their caveats, and yeah. yeah, I was proud to do it. But I am proud to own this. I yeah. am proud to tell people what I do. I That's have awesome. a lot of passion for it, mm -hmm. um, even though it may not be the most glamorous yeah. job out there it is too relevant it yeah. is yeah i'm passionate about it i That's like cool. to research i like to read the articles uh -huh. um, that come out um in the uh -huh. it's called arp um i like to contact new people i like to tell them how to do it yeah. what i'm doing mm -hmm. and so i think that i could be a very big advocate for other healthcare professionals mm -hmm. and like yeah. you said 
maybe bundling bundling some of my services and what I've mm-hmm. not acknowledged and learned mm-hmm. and passing that to others that can yeah. do the same mm-hmm. in their regions that right. they live. So, do you f- it's hard to get started. Yeah. It's hard to get that first law firm, that first life care planner. Mm-hmm. You have to have those connections. Well, and I think I, 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 opportunistic in terms of I see your connections and relationships are being built. But I think of my dad, he was a private investigator, self-employed mm-hmm. uh, ever since I was uh, born or whatever. But like he, you just, he's, and that's largely, what he, that's what he did is self-employed his whole, his whole adult career um, since I was born. But like the idea is you just need a lawyer to take a chance on you. Somebody had to take a chance yes. and now you've built some validity, yeah. you gain some momentum and now more to mouth mm-hmm. grows, you know, and now you've established a track record and reputation, which is exceptionally important in the yeah. industry. You know, the law firm that I, I speak about this law firm in Texas a lot cause I've been with them for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a top 100 law firm in the country. That's awesome. And when I went down there to speak with them, they're like, you need to advertise your services. You need to go to the, the law summits. You need to put booths up. They're like, you have helped us so much save hours and hours mm-hmm. of time um, from the work that we do. We would love to have you. And they even have – they have a nurse practitioner that works for them full time mm-hmm. that um, – that goes through their cases and yeah. assesses them. And they're like, we're too busy for her even to handle. So they hired me and, more, <laughs> and yeah. I do it. More yeah. Consult? That's cool. So, That's awesome. Well, um, what, um, uh, if you had advice for anybody that would be not necessarily trying to get into what you're doing, but uh-huh. thinking about changing, or I wouldn't say changing, pivoting their skills into something different. What would, what would you kind of advice would you give somebody? I would find something first that you're passionate about. Okay. And then, or I didn't even know I was passionate about this until I started. But any opportunity that someone gives you, take it. Okay. There was, there was other people that this physician asked and they just said, Oh, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of work and they turned it down and now they come. So I've had like the one come back to me years later and she was like, how did you even get started in this business? I'm like, well, don't you remember that physician that you worked for for two days? And the physician that I have, he's a very, he's a very, very smart man. He's a lawyer as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he can be hard to work for. <laughs> he's not talking with kid gloves, right? No, he's he's not very direct, with kid right? He's direct. Yep. He knows how he wants things and he tells you how he wants yep. things. And as long as you can don't can take it personally. That, don't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. He has been my biggest advocate See? that I've had yeah. throughout this whole business. Right. And he has he hasn't walked me through things, but he has given me suggestions. Yep. And um, if I can keep up with him, yes. he's like, you can keep up with anybody. Right. Like, because he's fast. I think what's really important there too is like you have been able to, well, one, working with diverse people. Yes. Right. And then removing some of the emotion has actually freed you yeah. to move forward even further because you're not taking things personally. No. And I've never had. So, yeah. In my past Thick skin, life, whatever, yeah. Um, before I became an occupational therapist, I was a funeral director for five years. That's right. Funeral director and balmer. I worked at one since That's I was in right. high school. That's right. So I was able to talk to a variety of people, every yeah. type of person you could possibly imagine being uh-huh. a funeral director. And I was a funeral director in Omaha. Um, oh my God. There's a whole nother podcast, a, Dana. A, Are you hearing this? Podcast. Like, oh, let's just, just jump into what I like. I used to be a funeral director. What? It, <laughs> but it, 
it prepared me for the real world. You totally. can't take things personally because anything that your client is going through is worse than what you're going through at the moment because they're dealing with death. Same as in healthcare uh -huh. or in this aspect, anything that those clients are going through are worse than usually that what happened to me for that day. Awesome. Um, and so not only do I not take things personal if people get upset, but I also yeah. know how to handle people gently yeah. as well. Yeah, so. with tact, dignity. Yes. Uh, so let's just get a timeline of events. You <laughs> graduated high school in uh -huh. 03, 05? No, 05. 05. Went to, went to college. Yes. And then you went to, to go be a funeral, funeral services. Like, yep. I right? To, to Lincoln for a few years. Yep. And then I went and got my mortuary science degree right. um, in Iowa. Yeah. And then I moved to Omaha when I was 21. Yeah. Started working as a funeral director in Balmer. For a handful of years. Yep. Um, and then, so it was actually two years. Okay. And the on-call hours yes. and the weekends, Brutal. I knew I had enough. I had friends that were actually physical therapists yeah. and um, a pharmacist. And yeah, like, right. you work more than we do and yeah. you get paid a fraction of what yeah. we get paid. I can do, yeah. yeah. They're like, go back to school. Yeah. So I went back to school, uh -huh. became an occupational therapist. Uh -huh. um, and within my first year of being an occupational therapist, I came across this path. So wow. I've been doing it simultaneously yeah. as I've been a practicing occupational uh -huh. therapist. But I always, instead of working full-time at a facility, I always worked, it's called PRN jobs or uh -huh. as-needed jobs. Yeah. So I always worked part-time, full-time, just so I could keep this gig because yeah. I knew that this was going to be big someday. I knew that if I could get get my clientele yeah. up, yeah. I could go full-time. And yeah. that was always my goal was to go full-time cool. with this. And um, so that would be as a healthcare provider, make sure that you don't go broke chasing <laughs> your dreams. Like don't – Yes. I've, I've seen some people like they go head first in it, but they don't have a clue what they're yeah. doing. So you can – you can wait in the waters for a while yep. and learn the field yep. before you dive. It'll in. take a little extra work up front. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I was working when I first started. I was working a full time job. I would work until about midnight, and then I would wake up. Wow. I would do a, a couple hours more work, and I'd go to work. And I did this for six, seven months, mm -hmm. um, and then my husband moved. Um, he had a different career change. And so we moved. And from that point on, I started working part-time Wow. Um, and doing this on the side. And some, some days were rough. Some days, yeah. you know, I didn't have the cases, so yeah. I would work extra hours at the hospital, yeah. but always having one foot in the door at the hospital helped me yes. to continue on with this. Um, but then when, when you know you're losing money, stepping into another mm -hmm. place of work, that's when it's time to dive in. Right. You just go. But well, I'm lucky I don't have overhead. I, I, one thing I'll tell you after hearing more of your story that is impressive to me is um, I think there's an immense amount of – it's subtle in the sense that it's not talked about, but it's 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 obvious in the sense of your track record is the confidence to always bet on yourself. It sounds like you've just had constant confidence in yourself. You know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm never going to be out. I might be down, but I'm not going to be out. Yeah. Right. And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, from the uh, vast array of, of different um, you know, fields you've worked into where you're at now. And I always tell people, you know, your past is is not uh, is part of your testimony, not your tragedy. Right. Like this is part of who you are, regardless of good, bad or ugly. It's yeah. making it's helping you. Uh, you always have the chance to you know change your future by the choices you make. And I think that's just incredible that you just kept ma making steps. Hey, you know. You're always open to new ideas and learning more about yourself. And I think that's just a really important lesson for anybody is like, you know, you don't uh, – at 25, we get out of college and you go to your – you're not done. 
No. Like, the, the, the world is your oyster for that. I've always loved to work. I like to work. Yeah. I've, from the time I was 14, I worked at a restaurant. Yeah. I worked at a pizza place. And I've worked in so many different. Yeah. I worked in security yeah. when I was in college. Any job that provides me with a good um, opportunity to make money and have a good life work balance, yeah. I was I was in. It didn't matter what the job was. Cool. I would work it. Yeah. Um, so it's and I'm always looking for new ideas. I've That's always awesome. thought about wanting to own my own business. Like yeah. when I was a funeral director, I thought I'm gonna open up my own funeral home. That was what I was gonna do. Yeah. And after I got into the industry, I realized that it was a lot harder to open up your own funeral home. There's so much overhead. Your salary is pretty low as just a funeral director and embalmer, especially when you're first getting started. So to just to get a that's why there's like all the partners in it now. Yes, so there's can... lots of partners, lots of family owned. Yes. I know. So I worked for Stratman O'Brien mm. when I was in high school. Mm. And at one point they were selling or one of them was selling out. And I was a funeral director. And I was like, oh, this is my hometown. Like I should do this. And I, when I looked into what they were selling for, it was over a million dollars. And I was making $15 an hour as a funeral director. Right. Like there's no bank in their right mind that would give me the money yeah. to, to buy in. So I know there's other ways of doing sure. it. But in my head, that dream was kind of crushed at that moment. I realized the obstacles that it would take Great. just to get into that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to work for someone else the rest of my yeah. life. And I've always been like that. Yeah, I've always... entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, sharing a little bit of your story. And I, I'm hoping this uh, – help you with some more business and stuff and, and uh, look forward to yeah. hearing more about your future success. I can yeah. tell it's uh, definitely going to happen sooner rather than later as you grow. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes.